one. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adam Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adam Marcy. I sound stuffy as hell on this episode and probably the next two or three episodes because I'm suffering with a head cold, which is always fun. Anyway, today's guest is the one and only Wes McDowell. If you don't know who he is, please go check out his YouTube channel where you can find him as well at Wes McDowell, but also this show sponsor, WesMcDowell.com, where you guys can go check out some free, uh, I think it's a free webinar training we're currently doing, which is to help services, uh, service-based businesses um coaches consultants basically if you work for yourself and it's more reliant on you selling your services online go do the free training and go take his course it is fan fucking tastic i cannot praise it highly enough it's one of the reasons why he's actually here because i wanted to talk more about that wes welcome to the show thank you so much for having me i love uh love the intro that was really nice dude very very true i haven't got past all the crazy good stuff so Guys at home, please go check out wesmcdowell.com. Get onto his mailing list, watch his free training. Uh, over the weekend, trust me, this comes out on a Friday. You guys can do it on Saturday. It's completely fun, fat, and free. Now, that being said, how did you get into building websites? Because specifically what you build under is Elemental, which, let's be honest, I actually kind of love. I used to hate yeah. Elemental until I went through your course. Oh, you did? Okay. I Well, let's go back a little bit in time then. So basically, the way I got into designing websites to begin with. I started off as more just a general graphic designer, probably about, God, I guess it's about been about 15 years when I started doing that. And then, so I was doing, you know, logos, business cards, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. The odd website and they looked, I, I just, I can think back on some of my first websites and just how they looked, but they're cringy, but they're kind of just how websites looked in 2005, 2006, right? So yep. started doing that. I was kind of using, um, what was the, the Adobe program? Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver. In those oh, days. shit. Yeah. God Remember damn, that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was never, a, the thing is, I'm a pretty good designer. I know marketing now, but I was never a coder. Yeah. Coding was just, I painful actually oh it's super painful for a brain like mine my brain just doesn't work on code so yeah it's, I, you're, you're creative yeah well creative plus like i think the marketing aspect can be creative too but there's definitely a lot of science there it's just yeah. not code so it's more like psychology yeah look, look what i mean yeah. sorry i should really mention creative web because my definition to it is basically it's a it's an amalgamation of both logical pieces, but not yeah. the sciences in the sense of heavy duty coding. And I don't know about you, maybe you love physics, <laughs> but like I sh I liked physics, but could never really get into it because it was very similar to coding. Like yeah. it was a whole different language. Yeah. It's like I just a whole nother language. I was like, nah, yeah, I don't understand you. So, <laughs> but anyway, so. yeah. So that that never worked out. Basically, um, I tried to teach myself, and my I threw up my hands at threw up my hands at a certain point and said, "No thanks, I'll stick with Dreamweaver." Or actually, you know what I was doing a lot of back in those days was Flash websites. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's like that's old. That was when everything would be animated, and they they could look kind of cool, but they were very timeline based. So as I was able to, it, it was very visual. So I was able to do it, but they took a hell of a lot of time to do. And then, you know, so basically I'd make the progression. I have several kind of nine to five jobs during this all while I'm building up my business then, which was known as the deep end. Um, when I was doing a lot of graphic design, web design. Yep. And at a certain point, Great name, by the way, I started, sorry, what's that? Great name, by the way. 
Oh, thanks. I have retired it. Um, I, I, I like the business name as well, but once I started kind of breaking through on YouTube and people were finding me there, I found quite quickly that they were grasping onto me as a person, not so much the the logo of my business in the background. Yeah. So it's at a certain point, it's like, I think I just want to rebrand in a more personal way, which is Sweet. why I'm just known as Wes McDowell these days. So Which is excellent. So I'm curious on that, like when you switched over from YouTube, well, when you switched over and actually went on YouTube, what were some of the biggest progressional changes that you found specifically when it came to building you as a brand? Because a lot of us are married to what we do and don't really focus on what we how we market ourselves. So I'm very curious how you made that shift. Yeah. So first of all, it was a lot of soul searching and a lot of just like, what, what will be involved in undoing everything that I've worked hard to do over the past 10 years? Um, Cause I knew it was kind of like a do or die moment of, do I want to be this thing? Do I want to be a, a quote professional company or do I want to be Wes McDowell, the person I can still have a team under me, like there's this big misconception out there that if you're a personal brand, that means you have no team. That means you're a solopreneur. Not necessarily. It just means that people are finding you based on you, which is what happens a lot on YouTube. Or if you have a podcast, it's kind of that top of the funnel lead generator. Um, so I, I just decided to take the plunge and do and and take the leap and uh, rebrand myself. It didn't take a whole lot of effort. Like I just kind of made a YouTube video one day saying, hey guys, you'll notice some changes. I'm changing the name of the, the channel. I'm taking down this big squid light up logo sign behind me. It was my branding in all my videos um, and I'm replacing it with something else. And it was really just a matter of that because people, while they could see that logo behind me, it was never the focus for them. It was about, I was the one telling them, I was the one, the one teaching them and, you know, it really hasn't made that much of a, of a crazy change. Huh. Okay. I, yeah. Cool. I actually want to look at that more from the psychological aspect of that's okay. Cause again, this is something yeah. that I'm fascinated with because uh, when I was going through my period of change, I went the other way, surprisingly, because mm -hmm. I went from, okay, Adela Marcy, not super well-known kind of like, um, like the running joke in the industry, because like, again, I've been a copywriter for nearly 20 years, professional for 14. Um, what really makes people laugh is when they realize who my clients are and who I've worked with and like, why do we not know you? I was like, it's really hard to get out there as me. So as soon as right. I switched it over to my brand, which is of course greatest copywriter alive, which isn't even about me per se, it's literally about me teaching everything I know. Um, and again, with a few friends and stuff, I get them on board. Essentially what it looked like was, um, I went that way and that's where I found my freedom of who I was. Like I could speak through this open voice and this open channel of me and several other people um, versus having all about just Adam Marcy as a personal yeah. brand. So seeing it from the other side of how you went from uh, branded videos kind of in a certain way to Wes McDowell being Wes McDowell, psychologically, was that like, as you said, there was a lot of soul searching. What were some of the deeper questions that really brought that out of you? Because again, the, the, the big thing that I've realized with people in that world is there's so much self-doubt that comes up when they're making that transition. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was just asking myself, are people going to uh, recognize the change? Are they going to, um, is it going, and I think there's a lot of 
sunken cost fallacy going on too, like basically meaning if you've been putting everything into this one business for the past 10 years or however long it's been, people think, well, all I can't just throw away 10 years worth of work. So it's that kind of defeating mentality that tells you you can't rebrand. But at the end of the day, like I said, I was noticing that all of my business was now coming through YouTube. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have my podcast at this point. It was just YouTube. I had since given up on SEO, which was how I was getting most business before. People would just type in web designer Los Angeles because I lived there then um, and they would find me. But once I started moving onto YouTube, it became a lot easier for me to wrap my head around this yeah. because they knew me. They weren't finding me just through an internet search. I mean, they were on a YouTube search, but then the relationship would deepen. They would watch more of my videos. And then after, I don't know, they would watch five to 10 of them. Not everyone does. Some people just want and done, but the ones who watch more, those are the ones who become your clients. Yeah. So they knew me as Wes. They didn't really necessarily care about the deep end, but I like your approach where you went from your name to what is the greatest copywriter alive. That's cool because that's, that doesn't, that is basically kind of a nickname for you, yeah. right? It's not so much like you're abandoning yourself. You're just giving yourself a little, a More little freedom. moniker basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's and then a, honestly, just as a side note, so much more freeing. Like, I feel yeah. like I can talk about stuff and it's not coming back from, oh, that's just some dude. It's like, oh, <laughs> shit, this actual thing. By the way, while yeah. we're speaking, uh, please keep going. I want to show you something afterwards. Yeah, no worries. So that, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of, it, it was, a, I'm a quick decision maker. You got to know that about me. Once I kind That's of, awesome. I'll think on something and then I'll say, yes, I'm doing it. And I'll just, I'm not going to wring my hands about it forever. Um, but I did go like you, I went the other way too. I was Wes McDowell back in the day. Then I decided like, I want to, I, I was watching a lot, a lot of Mad Men and I was just having these grandiose, like, I want to be like this kind of company in Mad Men. I want to grow to this. So it's like, okay, well, now I have to have a business name. I have to be professional. So that's what kind of spurred that on. But then at a certain point, it's like, no, I think it's going back now toward the other way where people want to actually do business with a person. Yeah. So, Which is beautiful um, in its own right. Yeah. It really is. Exactly. I, I just love that. So now my curiosity is why elemental? Like, again, because like I've, I've been like, again, go back to everyone that's wondering uh, when I started online marketing, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Dreamweaver was still a thing. Illustrate was still a thing. Uh, Publisher was still a thing. And you had to pretty much code your own sites most of the time because WordPress was fairly unreliable. And then the game changed like WordPress 2.6 or 3.0 came out and it was like, the world is becoming better and you can actually build all these things. And you had several yeah. different um, web, plugins that really came in um like thesis and a few others that would allow you to build your own site but what mm -hmm. i found and i found with other people who are not designers we had a hard time kind of getting to the decision of what a site should look like um so my curiosity is like for you because sites like elementor and beaver builder and all the other ones they are so free range and open that it becomes very difficult for me to and other creatives have spoken to, uh, when I say creative, just specifically um, people like, oh shit, I see a website, it's gonna frazzle me. I'm very good at my own lane and what I do. Um, yeah. They're great at what they do. So essentially how, like, 
okay, so I'm fumbling around, so I apologize for everyone. Essentially, <laughs> what I'm getting at here is <laughs> why Elementor and what was it about this plugin that essentially brought it in that made it so simple? Because again, having gone through parts of your course with one of my clients, honestly, like I looked at it and I've fallen back in love with Elementor. Like I'm building my stuff with it. Like, yeah. I, I'm so curious to how that happened with you. Like, what was well, it? I love that I could inspire you to do that. It's it's a great, it's a great program for sure. Oh, great dude, plugin. I'm sending so, you a test. I'm giving you a testimonial during the show at some point. Just everyone be aware <laughs> of that. Like, that's how. All right, I'll, I'll hit record and I'll, I'll get it for my website. Um, so basically, back in the day, so I, again, never coded websites. So what I would do is I would design them in like Photoshop or later on in, uh, what was the new thing that came out? I've already forgotten it because- Views? No, it was not a, it was basically, it was like a UX program that I was using. Oh my God, I'm totally blanking on it. Wait, was it an Adobe product or no? It was not, it was a competitor to Adobe. Oh my God, I think- And I then Adobe kind of copied it with, X, I think XD was, anyway. I think I know what you're saying. It was, a it was basically build. a prototyping tool. Like it wasn't making websites, but it was like giving you, them, yeah. it was giving you like the ability to use something other than Photoshop to create these, the designs that you would then hand off to your developer. So I was doing that. Um, it was a pretty good workflow. It was working for me. And then one day, God, and I wish I could remember the circumstances, how I found Elementor. I totally do not. I think it was just kind of like looking around YouTube, like for different, uh, ways of, of doing things. And I, I came across it and I found this tutorial and it looked so easy. And if, for anyone who's not familiar with what it is, it basically, it's a plugin you add to WordPress that just lets you build pages that are like from pre-made whole pages that you would just customize or blocks that are pre-made, or you just tell, you just say like, I want how many columns here? And then you drag in the widgets and you customize. Super easy. It's all visual, it's all drag and drop, totally my style. So I started doing that and I would real and I realized really quickly, I'm sorry, my developer, I don't need you anymore because I can, is, it takes less time for me just to make the website than it used to make for me to prototype the, the visuals of the website. So I'm making it and designing it in real time, um, which was pretty amazing to me and pretty game changing. Um, and it comes with, with between all of the features you get that are just built into the free version. And then pro, I, I opted in for pro because it has things that you just don't get with free, like what the ability need. to have contact forms that don't, don't have like require a third party solution, which is clunky between that and between all the other kind of ultimate add-ons for Elementor you can get, you can truly do just about anything you can imagine within reason yeah. using Elementor. Yeah, you really can. And yeah. honestly, your thing, okay, so for people that don't know and uh, no worry, wondering about this, for the next, if you're like, oh my God, promo, whatever it is, uh, skip mm -hmm. over the next three minutes. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Just like skip forward. Um, okay, so I actually came across um, your course through one of my clients and they were like, you need to have a look at this because I was, I'm, again, I'm, very much in the whole, like, I'll just build it and power through and I'll eventually figure it out. Yeah, it's like, you need to just watch this because it's timely, it's easy. I think your whole thing takes like four and a half hours to complete. Uh, end to end has loads of prompts and examples, which is brilliant. Um, I literally went through module one 
that's literally all I went through was module one, home paging and stuff like that. And from there, I just ran with it and built out the rest of the site. And I'm still building out all the rest of the site and stuff because, again, ideas run everywhere and rampant. Um, but what I looked at was how easy Elemental was and specifically how your course made it easy for me to pick up all the bits and pieces I needed, specifically around my own stuff and for my client because my client is building um, a wellness practice online. Um and they kept sending me copy for, the, for it. They're like, how does the copy look on this? Does it look right on this? Does it look visually correct? Because the old adage of ugly sites sell better is bullshit, okay? Yeah. Ugly sites only sell better because the copy has to do all the selling. You get a really pretty site with really great copy, you, that, that's basically a win-win for everyone. Like people yeah. get a visual kick out of it and you also get a really good copy out of it. So combining those together, it made my job a lot easier because now I knew whatever I wrote was going to go to a site that wasn't going to get shunned by the internet. Um, and more importantly, my client was going to be happy because they're like, now I have a site that I'm proud to show. And uh, the cool thing with Elementor as well that you guys can really pick up is uh, that you didn't mention, and you do mention in the course, I think you have some templates as well, or there's some that you recommend, but essentially you can template the shit out of stuff which is brilliant. Yeah. But your entire explanation of how to go through it, brilliant. So guys, you can go online and YouTube and check out Wes's videos, uh, check out anything that he does. You can even get Elementor and play around with it yourself, but I'll tell you what, do you want to waste six weeks of trying to figure out something or do you want to just spend like four hours getting a straight download of everything that's good about it and what to do? I mean, yeah. website in a weekend versus six weeks and I'm still indecisive. Make your pick. Yeah. I go full hours and over a weekend. Where the <laughs> stuff is the shit, go buy it. That's my endorsement. You heard it here. Cool. That being uh, said, thanks so much, dude. Truth. Yeah. Truth. Well, there's something. To... Thank go. you. I mean, there's something to be said for just getting that kind of roadmap in the blueprint handed to you on a silver platter, right? So, um, and, and this is stuff that I've worked out over years of working on client websites. So trust me when I say like the stuff in the in the program is stuff that I've worked out that works better than any other way. So, and these sites aren't as, don't need to be as big as you think. They're like a set number of pages that work for service businesses, so. Yeah, and at some point I'm gonna basically twist Wes's arm to release a version for blogs because hmm. it needs to happen because I need that shit. Okay. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, what I was gonna get at here, and this is kind of very interesting because you kind of touched on the exact question I was gonna ask you next, which was uh, my head works in structures, um, so once I have a structure of something, I can basically play around with it. How did you, like, what was it that you looked at with all these client sites that made sense for you? Like, what was the pattern you saw? Yeah. So basically what I started seeing is whenever I'd get a new client, they would always have all these ideas about their site needs to be big and grandiose and and that's what's going to make them look professional right because they're looking at their competitor sites and they have like 30 pages and they basically all people would do is look at what their competitors are doing and think that's what i need to what they didn't realize is that all that complexity actually takes away from the messaging and because pe yeah. people here's the thing if they're looking for an accountant or a lawn care provider or whatever it is you do they're not like ready to sit down on a, on a Saturday and like, let me read all about accountants today. I'm going to read through their website, start to finish. You know, they just want to know what you can do for them, what the benefits are, some testimonials, the problem you solve. Right. And so basically there are certain, there's a homepage formula that I love to use that does that along with a few, a few hand, just a handful of other pages 
that kind of fill in the gaps. Um, but what you don't need is this sprawling site of all these, everything you do. Um, you know, I had a, a client who I, I use him as an example, a lot of something that um, is kind of a mistake where basically he was a, is a wedding band, like band leader here in Chicago. Yeah. He did something great, which was he had this charity program where he would work with local, um, I think hospitals to donate all the flowers from a wedding reception to like people who don't have people to visit them in the hospital, which is amazing. That's like a really yeah. great um, thing to do. But the problem is he was using that in a lot of his marketing, like kind of as a, the, one of the first things he would bring up. And when you're choosing a wedding band, that's not what you're choosing it based on. That's like a nice, a nice add-on and a nice feature that I would want you to tell me about later on in the process, yeah. right? Because if I'm, if I'm, and I just got engaged, so like I'll be looking at these kinds of things soon. Thank you. I'll be looking at these kinds of things soon. Um, and the charity aspect, while nice, it's probably not going to be what I choose a wedding band based on, if that makes sense. So yeah. what you don't want to do is focus on the things that that you think your client should care about. You need to focus on what they actually care about, the problem they have right now that you can solve for them. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly simple ideas. Now, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you though, if that's okay. All right. And the curveball is quite simply, what if you have a multitude of things that you do? Because there are some okay. people that just have like a couple of things, like I'm really good at like six things that everyone pays me for. How would you ensure like, is that because I know the home, like, by the by, just throwing the curveball here, because I kind of have an idea of how I've done it, but I'd love mm -hmm. like your brain just yay, happy times. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you mean six or a bunch of things that are related or just like yeah. different side hustles? No, they're all related. Like one of them's like consultant. The other one's traffic. The other one is like funnel builder and design. Hmm. It was like the four they had. Um, Cause yeah. mine, I have my own, which are like, I have five, which are my own okay. so product sales consulting or whatever. Well, you don't, as long as they go together, as long as you can kind of put them under an umbrella problem you solve, which would be, I would assume getting more business for your clients yeah, through the web. Correct? Yeah. Let's just say that's the one for them. Yeah. So that would be what the homepage would be about all about getting you more business. And then there might be kind of, it'll talk more in general terms of how one can use, you know, how the problem would be how most people are not doing this effectively. They're every, all their efforts are pretty scattered and they're just copying what's not working, but we bring it all together and we come up with a strategy online that's going to win you more business. Then from there, you can have links out to your different service pages, which would be set up similar to a homepage, but just much more streamlined for that one for, thing. For that one thing? Okay, cool. Yeah, because most people, what they, they make the mistake of when they get to a service page, it's almost like an afterthought. And yeah. it, they, they forget the salesmanship of it. So yeah, just, it's, it's just, just like, like a white thing, page bye. with a bunch of text. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. And even that white page with text, the text is terrible, which is it's yeah. never good text. Um, but I love the fact that you did that. You said that because the way that my brain has interpreted while I'm building this other page uh, for my own stuff is very similar in the sense of umbrellaing it all together. Because for us, what I solve is essentially getting clear on your story, putting your messaging out there, and getting more sales. 
uh, mm -hmm. through effective web copy, well, effective copy in, in general. Um, and it really just, when we get down to the point of what I do, it's now you can work with me in three separate ways. You can go through product self-study, one-on-one or private uh, or private. And it's like, well, it's like group and then private. So it's like products, coaching. And then of course, if you want to hire me to actually work with you, it's over here and they go to separate pages. Yeah. But I didn't, even I screwed up on the whole thing where I didn't really finish off those pages. So this is great direction for me to go and complete those pages in that same way. Yeah, um, because each one of those pages can be an entry point into your website, right? Yeah. If you're using SEO or ads or anything. So never treat those service pages as afterthoughts. They should almost feel like a homepage unto themselves. So if someone's searching online for, you know, funnel building, that's the page they should find you through, not your homepage. Yeah right? First Dude, that, impressions count. They really do. They really, really do. And that kind of leads me to the other question I have on you is how do you keep taking such amazing photos? Oh, seriously, <laughs> like seriously, no word of a lie. I look at your photos. And I'm like, God damn, dude, his thumbnails look good. Ah, uh, uh, you're talking about specifically the YouTube thumbnails? No, no not just your or thumbnails, just everything. Just Instagram. dude, all your okay. photos look great. Like your Instagram yeah. photos look great as do everything. <laughs> so yeah, have to ask because you know, tips. Well, thank you. <laughs> So basically what I do, this is, this sounds so stupid, but like at once a, every couple months, I basically just book out an Airbnb and like, I choose it based on how, like, I wanted to have a lot of cool little spots in it. Okay. Cause I used to be a photographer myself. I used to okay, be a see, this photographer. Is, this is why I knew it would be perfect to ask you. Yeah. Um, so basically I, I have, I know that I see like things in places that will make a better photo than most people would see. Like it can be just a corner, but like it has something kind of cool here and just the framing can make it look cool. So basically what I do is I get the Airbnb, I go in, I take one day um, and I just, I use my iPhone for all these photos because on portrait mode, it looks great. Yeah, portrait mode is like a godsend. Yeah, I just spend hours and get as many photos as in as many different shirts and is in many different spots in that house as I can. And then I have a, a, a friend of mine who I think I'm going to be losing soon because I think he's moving, but he's mm -hmm. kind of my like Instagram photographer who we go around like last last spring, we went around in Lincoln Park and just stood in front of different doorways and like <laughs> just tried to make a lot of, just get a, as much variety out of it as possible so that I can, oh, and I went to Disney World a few weeks ago spent a week there. So between Animal Kingdom and Epcot and all the countries there, I got a ton of photos that I can use all summer long. Dude, that is so scheduled out. So essentially that's how you do it. And I just decided now because the weather has gone horrible, I'm going to use my lighting setup for once. Oh, there you go. God, that is bright. <sighs> I need to find a better light to filter that through. Anyway, yeah. that is actually really good tips because um, I've always wondered how people get the best out of uh, certain areas. Because again, my place... It's fairly, I can get a lot of shots out as long as I put them in the right place, but I didn't actually think of it that way. But to get an Airbnb yeah. and doing that, holy crap, that's a game changer, especially because yeah, I live you, in London, so sure. everywhere. Yeah, and you don't have to do that. You can do it in your place. I just feel like I've already done a lot in my place, so I'd always want to keep oh, yeah. it fresh. a little fresh. And the other thing too, just so you know, um, I've got a little uh, remote that basically lets you take picture because you've got to set the, I don't do it selfie style. Like I have a tripod for my iPhone yeah. and I've got a little remote that takes the picture. So, and on some of my photos, you may actually, if you look close enough, you may see the little something button. in my hand that's, uh, yeah. 
Well, that's how you do it professionally. I was actually going to ask, uh, is there a recommendation of a tripod that you actually use for this? Because I've really, because uh, I was actually going to ask you to use the self-timer. Do you have a friend there with you? And you just answered that question for me. Yeah. So is that yeah, I feel that like the self-timer, the self-timer would uh, not allow for the rapid fire because I just keep taking, I just keep smiling in different ways, moving. I, I move the entire time to yeah. get as good a variety as possible. Because you might actually catch a shot that you weren't really expecting to, but just, it's just right. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome stuff. Okay, cool. Is there a tripod that you recommend for iPhones or like smartphones in general? Oh, this is actually just my normal tripod for my camera. And it just comes with, you just go on Amazon and get a little adapter. Sweet. So you can put your, your phone in it. That's pretty sweet, dude. It's pretty <coughs> pretty cheap these days. Yeah, I love how easy photography's become. But in some senses, yeah. it's, it, it's kind of like with anything where we get an advancement in technology, everyone thinks they become so much easier and you kind of lose the mastery of the art which is always a pain for me, but yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, there are some people that actually do incredible stuff on iPhones that I've actually realized. Any apps that you actually use specifically or just the basic camera? Yeah, so I use just the basic camera, but then I take it up a notch because if you've noticed on like all my photos, there's bas- there's a filter I like to use um, that I think just makes them look a little more interesting. So basically, it's a, there's an app called Filter, F-L-T, Hold on, let me just look it up. FLTR basically gives you all these presets, but then you have to have the Lightroom app on your phone to be able to use those presets. So like if you're really afraid of technology, that may seem like a lot for you, but if you know what you're doing on your phone, you should be able to do it. Yeah, and uh, so, okay, so it's F-I-L-T-R. F-L-T-R. Oh, F-L-T-R, cool, sweet. We'll be picking that up later today. Yeah. Because again, we love that stuff because creativity is always there. Okay, so kind of go back <laughs> to it. What was so there's a lot of stuff that goes on with graphic design in particular and also in design in particular that again my brain doesn't fully grasp on how people can see two the same color and it becomes two vastly different things. Um so for the people that aren't very good at the design aspect and feel quite hung up on it, myself included, what is it that they could do as a practice just to start bringing them towards seeing the world more in a designer's view. Because again, if you're a writer, one of the ways you can get someone into your your world is read good books, watch good shows, write all the time and basically make it a thing. Yeah. So I'm curious on like with design from your perspective. Sure. So, I mean, if we're talking about the typical small business owner, um, I don't know that I necessarily think you need to make this a priority in your life yeah. in general, but I do think when it comes time to creating the marketing for your business, including your website. There's nothing just like going out and getting inspiration. Um, and the, there's a few places I like to go, when, especially when we're talking, uh, I'll give you one for websites and one for kind of colors and all that stuff. So for websites themselves, believe it or not, I like to look at all the newest WordPress themes. That's kind of where I go for website inspiration because they're usually pretty current. And it, here's the thing. The big mistake that ever, almost every small business owner does when they're looking for web inspiration, they go check out their competitors' websites, which yeah. usually aren't the best looking websites in the world, right? No. So they've just kind of gone, you know, depending on the designer they had or if they did it themselves, it's, it may be a case of the blind leading the blind there. So I would go to these, like something like themeforest.com and just spend an hour 
like take an hour, look through all the different websites. You will find something you like, right? You'll find something that kind of speaks to you um, and just have it open as like an inspiration point. I'm not saying to copy it. Don't do that. But, but you would even, even if your intention was to copy it, I bet you, you, it would end up looking very different when you're done with it, you know? So um, thank you. It'll give you ideas for the fonts to use, which by the way, go to Google fonts, find the, find the perfect font. They're all free and you can use them with Elementor and anything you find on theme forest, you can recreate in Elementor for the most part. Cause I don't know, have you worked with a lot of themes before? Yeah, I've, oh I, I hate I a, working with themes. Oh, dude. So initially I was okay with them cause they gave me enough freedom to do what I need to do. Yeah. Like one of my goals and dreams has been I want to build my own theme, but like specifically from like a copywriter's perspective, which is, okay, when you load this theme in, it has, a you can build a blog, has a page builder, has all different types of posts in there that you can have, which I'm actually building within Elemental right now. Um, but the other one is like sales pages, landing pages, like upsell pages, webinars, like all of this is inside. And thankfully Elemental is the only thing that I found that helps me build it without overloading the site's weight. Cause then otherwise right. sites just slow down. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, that like I literally geek out on themes, so it's kind of okay. cool to know because I my brain never clicked to go there. So for copy inspiration, I go look at magazines or right. go look at like old school ads and stuff like that. So this is like go do that for design. Like, oh, yeah, and it'll show you like a ton of different styles. Um, and don't ever be. This is one piece of advice I want to give it to everybody who's listening. Do not ever get hung up on thinking that you need the world's most creative website. You yeah. do not. That is not going to move that is not going to help you sell anything. That when you go out looking for the most creative website, that is let's not mistake it. That is for you. That is not for yep. your end client. And when you're doing any kind of marketing materials, your website included, it needs to be focused completely on your prospects, your client telling them how you solve their problem. It needs to look nice and professional, does not need to be like the first, the, the most interesting uh, website on the planet. It's not gonna do anything. So stick with what works, um, use, use great photos, use great fonts, use great colors. And I did promise uh, a resource for finding colors. Yes. I just go to uh, coolers.co. I think it's C-O-O-L-O-R-S.co. Yeah, I think it, it's basically, um, or maybe it's just cool, coolor. Hold on, let me find it's this real quick. C-O-O-L-O-R-S dot C-O. So coolors. Coolors dot C-O. Yes. Yeah. What that does is it like, it's, it's a color scheme generator. So you can find a color schemes that other people have already come up with that they're sharing out there. Um, you can start with a color that you already have. Like, let's say you have a brand color that you've always had that you want to keep, you, you put that hex code in and then you it'll generate colors that'll go with it. And if you don't like them, you just keep hitting the space bar and it'll keep going. And then if you find one in there, like it'll show you five colors at a time. If there's one that pops up you like, you can lock that and then just keep hitting space bar until you've got like an array of colors you can use. Oh. So I think that's like kind of that's a great best. secret weapon. That is a huge secret. That takes away like all the stuff. You're like, oh, what do my colors look like? And all this. Yeah. You have that sorted. I have been through that pain in the ass trial so many times. 
it's it's and you it's can a, and you can choose based on like uh you know i want it to be kind of bright bright and vibrant or i want it to be subdued and professional like you can search based on terms like that or like a specific kind of color and it'll give you everything to do with that so i know people bag on like our generation fairly a lot actually i assume that we're in the same generation could be i'm 31 so i was like fair i'm enough. 41 yeah no you're not i am <laughs> no, you're not. i'm what? ahead of you by a decade <laughs> how the hell okay for the people that don't <laughs> Oh, just go look at Wes right now in 2021 and tell me how this man is 41. I will, I will, I need your life secrets here, dude. What the shit? Too kind, too kind. The truthful is what I'm at. But okay, similar <laughs> timelines here. We grew up on some of the similar stuff, which is fine in yeah. the 90s. What I will say is, um, shit, what, before you threw me with that, I was, God damn it. I was like, that was it. Um, the, what I love about from our generation onwards, so actually your generation into the early part of my generation, everything has a feeling. So now we've kind of like categorized colors and moods by feeling. And it's like, thank you. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm feeling happy, sad, and weird. And it's like, oh, that actually exists as a color pattern. Here you go. Yeah. That's a great color scheme. Happy, sad, weird. <laughs> I still think one of my favorites is, because um, again, words are very similar to me. Like for the best stories and ideas of ridiculousness, I usually go to uh, just meme threads and or BuzzFeed's mm. um People who failed language in blank year is always a funny one because my favorite one still has, well, two of my favorite ones stand out, is uh, a German man walked up to me in a, at a restaurant where I, I'm a waitress and he didn't know the words for forks and knives, so he just asked me for food weapons. <laughs> my food weapons is the best way to say forks and knives from now on, or knives <laughs> and forks. Um, and the other one that always just slays me is, guys, what's the word for, I'm ex- like, I'm horny for Christmas, but I don't want to, I don't want to fuck a pumpkin. Well, I was it called. I'm horny for Halloween, but I'm not, I don't want to fuck a pumpkin. They're like, do you mean excited? Like that was literally. Oh my God. <laughs> like this, someone actually wrote, this as a tweet. And I was like, that's hilarious. Oh, I need to see yeah. this. Some tweets or something else. Like <laughs> it's brilliant. Wish I, I wish I could think of those. Oh, same here. But like, they are so like reading them are brilliant though agreeably i think uh florida man on reddit has to be probably the best place i go to find headlines whenever i'm feeling out of inspiration uh specifically one that i'm i will forever remember is florida woman stabs florida man with a squirrel i mean only in florida only you're not based in the u.s but i think i I don't know if you're aware of aware of florida very aware of florida (laughs) like florida (laughs) is that's the reason i love that thread it's because it's just Oh, and now you've Florida. lost all your Florida listeners, right? There. Oh, I've probably <laughs> I've probably gained like twenty more. Going, he knows yeah. us. Oh, they know, they know. Yeah, they know. You can't deny. <laughs> you know what you are. Like Florida accepts <laughs> itself. The, the little freak that Florida. it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joyce, just so much joy. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So one of my favorite questions to ask on the show is actually: Are you more of a reading person or more of a movie person? Movies, for sure. I'm a oh, huge movie buff. Yes. Happy time. Huge movie buff. Yeah. yeah, I love stories, clearly. Um, all right, so here we're going to go through the rundown. Of, we're going to do 15 in total, but here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do five books that you recommend to literally everyone to read. So it could be about self-help, business, lifestyle. Uh, could be about stories of childhood uh, or like a childhood tale that you enjoyed as a novel. Could be any of those. And then I want your top 10 movie recommendations that you just give to everyone like, oh, you need to, you've not seen this. What is wrong with you? Oh, God. I know, I'm putting pressure on this you. This could on this take one. a while. That's why we've got 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so for books in terms, so basically these are just any books for anyone to read? Yeah, for any just reason? like, you, okay. yeah, for any reason, just these are the books that you enjoyed. Yeah, well, for anyone, just keeping this in the business realm for a second, um, They Ask You Answers, fantastic. It's a great content marketing book. Um, let's see, so from there, oh, Super Pumped was a lot of fun. That was like kind of a, the story of uh, the founding of Uber. And kind of what a what a douchebag that guy was. Um, let me go. Th- I have to go through my Audible right right now just to kind of see just getting what I've been you. listening to recently. Wait, um, what's the first so one again? Just so I, so I remember. They ask you answer. They ask you answer. Cool. And I'm yeah. so glad these are on Audible. <laughs> yeah. Um, the another one. Let's see. So, well, Stephen King's It is my all time favorite. Totally left turn there. Love it. Um, that's yeah. Fun I, I started story. reading Stephen King as a way too young, <laughs> fourth grade. I read that one. I think my my friends, uh, one of my best friend, terrifies her sister to this day by just going do 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 do. Anytime she hears that, she just like <laughs> freaks. She like has a full on panic attack. Yeah, the Pennywise theme. Yeah, yeah, got, got nothing to. scarier. Um, Expert secrets. Russell take Brunson. with that from take from that what you will. It's Russell Brunson, the ClickFunnels guy. It's a little, it falls a little into the bro marketing stuff, but. Um, yeah, I've known Russell you, a long time. You've known him for a long time? I've known him since like 2008. So yeah, oh, cool. no, very, very much in the same thought process as you. It does fall into yeah. that, but there are some good elements in that. For right. sure. And yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I take and run with like on my webinar. Um, it's definitely good information. Um, another one that's fun, or not fun, but it's good is primal branding. It's basically, it teaches you as a business, how, like, what are the rituals? What are the things you can really put in your marketing that are going to make people want to follow you in such a way? Like, think of like Nike and Apple. These are brands that have such a following based on primal branding elements. So um, a lot of cool stuff in that book. Not that anyone, not that everyone listening is going to be the next Apple or anything, but these are still principles any business can use to um, really solidify themselves in the minds of, of people. Um, what is that now for? No, we hit five. I'm just going to pause. We hit five. Just, Perfect. We did. I'm just going to hit pause for one second. Sorry about that, guys. Just okay. had a quick little pause. Right. Movies. Movies. Okay. So my all-time favorite one is Beetlejuice. Like, I loved that as a kid. For some reason, like, that's always when people ask me what my favorite movie is. That's kind of the one I have to, I have to go with. Um, let's see. So, oh, man, this is, like, such a tough question while you're thinking of that it's like choosing your favorite like you can't there's just so many especially if you're a movie buff it's just like painful which is why we've got so much time but while you're thinking it through uh my favorite movie which has to go on my top list which is my beetlejuice zoolander great great choice yeah hated it as a hated it when i first watched it loved it as an 18 year old haven't (laughs) stopped watching it since yeah Anchorman is, I like Anchorman. I think yep. I, I put it almost in the same kind of category. I like Anchorman slightly more. Um, I think for my money, Bridesmaids is one of the funniest movies of this yep. past 20 years. Yep. That's a hot take probably, but not, Bridesmaids l- makes me laugh start to finish. That's brilliant. Uncomfortable laughter. Just like. <laughs> it, it hits all the points. Melissa McCarthy's awesome in that. Yeah. And just Wendy McClevin in that, like I cracked a blanket in half. So good stuff. <laughs> um, okay. 
I also love docs. I love documentaries. Um, the woman from Versailles was awesome. Um, the queen of Versailles yeah. about the woman who basically like builds the world's buildest private residence in Florida and uh, everything that goes wrong there. Uh, sounds amazing. Man. What? It's Florida. It sounds amazing. It's, it's great. It takes so many twists and turns. You have no idea. Um, oh man, this is so putting me on the spot right now. It really is. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen Free Solo, but I, I watched that a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And to this day, literally white knuckle through the last 30 minutes of it. Um, basically, it's uh, Alex Honnold climbs up uh, El Capitan in Yosemite. Like, free climbs mm-hmm. it, though. Like, no ropes, climbs the entire face of El Capitan by himself. And it's, like, all oh, about wow. the property. So if he slips, he dies. And that's a doc? That's a documentary for like 90 wow. minutes where they just show you how the preparation happened. White knuckle it. All right. Um, let's see. So and I'm a big horror nerd as well. So I love, um, there's like kind of a, a gem that no one really talks about. It's called Slither from like 2006. That's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I remember that Elizabeth one. Banks in that one. Um, yep. My taste in movies is a little offbeat if you can't tell, but that's yeah, just a um, smidge, but I like it because it's like, it's, quirky but i can see the brilliance behind it because like the yeah. movies you're naming are all brilliant movies yeah. they're just oh. underrated they're criminally underrated most of the time yeah uh oceans 11 i cannot get enough of that movie um let's oh. see dude oceans 12 the dance the, the french dance <laughs> scene that is still all, all time it's the it's where the the fox basically steals the thing in the evening it's just like one particular scene with uh french okay. hip-hop in the background yeah I, I remember that being the low point of the series, that yeah. part 12. I liked 11 and 13 was fun, but 11 was actually properly great. Oh, I love, um, I lo- let's see. This is like, I don't know how interesting this is for listeners, me just like <laughs> trying to stumble my way through all my favorite movies. Most is a pretty good with this, just simply because yeah. they know that all these movies uh, all have great stories and they actually give yeah. you a real insight on the person who, who I'm interviewing. So it just allows them to like really connect with you deeper. Which is always fun yeah, for all of us. It's true. Um, I'll throw a classic out there. Grease is awesome. It's one of my favorites. I do love. I do love musicals as well. Um, I love. Let's see. Sorry, you may have to like kind of cut this down. <laughs> it's all good. I'll just hit pause for a second if you want. Okay. Cool. We're open. We're back. Okay. Okay, and I can't believe it took me so long to come to this one. Back to the Future, all-time classic. We actually rented out a theater for my birthday this year to watch that in. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, what else? Oh, my God. Might need to pause it again. <laughs> so they'll speed yeah, things we, up. We, we can count TV shows in this. Okay. All right. So... I'm going to do a few TV shows now because I just think that's going to, I am in love with TV as well. So a few that I am super in love with right now would be Glow. I don't know yes. if you've seen that on Netflix. Yes. That's like yep. amazing. I, yeah, I think it's my favorite uh, Netflix show of all time. I also love uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yep. I told you I love musicals. So I've actually seen uh, that cast perform live. It's pretty fun. That's really um, cool. Yeah, the the other show on Netflix called Love. I've not it's seen it. Judd Apatow. Yeah, it's I'm... really good. It's really good. 
Um, there's another show on Netflix called, what is it called? Fil- movies of the 80s? Or no, Movies We Love. Yeah, the movies that made us. Yeah. Movies that made us, yeah. Yeah. I'm like my mom, like bungling titles. <laughs> hey, I got, we got them in the yeah. end. Yeah. And of course, Shit's Creek, you know, it's good too. That's, this has got to be 10 by now, right? We've hit 10. We, I think we've hit okay. 10. Nice. Uh, I might throw in honorable mentions community seasons one and two, just because I yeah. love community. Like, I watched I'll that get... one. I liked it. <laughs> it's such a good show. Yeah. Oh, man. But, dude, this has been a real blast. Thank you so much for being here. And, guys, if you want to go build more of your websites and actually figure out how to stop having clunky, sucky websites, go check out Wes McDonald's. Uh, McDowell. McDowell. God damn it. Go to WesMcDowell.com. <laughs> and my brain was like, huh, oh, where am I going? Yeah. So go to WesMcDowell.com. Pick up his. Uh, just check out the webinar more than anything. It's an hour long. You'll see it. It's absolutely brilliant all the way through. And then if you're inspired to pick up his course, it is super affordable. And more importantly, save yourself a hassle. Like seriously, take it this way. Do you want to spend the next six weeks bumbling and fumbling around? Or do you want to just spend a quick weekend getting your website up and ready and bringing customers in like within the next six days? Well said. Make a choice. Yeah. So much easier to do. Anyway, as always, if you want to have, Oh, no, it's true. If you guys could rate review, subscribe and leave me a comment per usual. Uh, and more importantly, if you want to have a great weekend and listen to more episodes, there are more back episodes as well on AdamMarcy.com. Guys, take care, have a great time, and I will see you guys next week.